Well, are we ready? We are. Godzilla, are you ready? <laughs> oh, he's he's still going. Yeah, Godzilla's ready. He 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 is on. <laughs> he is more than ready. <laughs> This is Paul. And this is Wayne. Well, good morning, fellas. Hello. Morning. We are starting 18 minutes later than usual because Skype put in a new update. Because fuck you, Microsoft. That's how that, that's how I how I go with that. I mean, it's not enough that uh, we we've got we're we're suffering from a pandemic and social injustice and all manner of other things. Microsoft has got to update our uh, our software. Right. I don't understand. I, I don't understand. You know, I don't know why. And it's they just don't one send more thing. Emails Paul. warning you, right? Like, I mean, just let me know. You, I, you, I'm clearly subscribed to your your distribution list. Just let me know. Hey, Skype's uh, going to update on uh, Friday night. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Skype's going to update at the worst possible time. <laughs> it doesn't really it doesn't matter when that time is. That's what yeah. it'll be. It's always eight fifty nine on a Saturday morning that Skype updates. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's what drives me crazy. Is I mean, you know, particularly now that I'm working from home, my uh, my personal computer is on every day, mm-hmm. and I don't get these these sorts of uh, you know software updates. But you know, come Saturday morning, by God. We're going to push an update to you, Aaron. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Yeah. So this is going to be the gripe cast. We're just going to, you know, complain about software. Not really talk about comic books or media or anything like that. <laughs> just software. So so buckle up, folks. Oh, no, no. Because no. there are things I need to talk about, Aaron. What? There are things... Uh, other, uh, other, other than, than how, uh, <laughs> other than how Microsoft has stuck it to us today? Yes. Other than that, there are just a few things. <laughs> Okay. Uh, that I want to talk about. Uh, so there's there's two relatively big news items relating to the DCEU, um, you know, the DC Extended Universe, uh, or the, basically their cinematic universe uh, that came out this week. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. We appreciate no jargon on the call. No, no, no jargon on the call. <laughs> no acronyms. Um, the first of all big news was that Michael Keaton is currently in talks to reprise the role of his Batman um, in the upcoming Flashpoint movie that is uh, going into production finally. Um, you know. Suddenly, I am interested in the Flashpoint movie. So, yeah, I had no interest at all in the movie because I don't like that Flash until they made this announcement. And suddenly, I'm excited and following news stories and talking to people about <laughs> it. And... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could not be more jazzed. I'm like, yeah. Because, I mean, you know, Michael Keaton is now the perfect age to mm-hmm. play old Batman. Yeah. You know, I, I love it. Well, and, you know, so what what the uh, intent is that and there's a well, I mean, these are official news 
items, so I'm not just like throwing out oh, rumors. Official, capital O. <laughs> oh, is that uh, Flashpoint will introduce the multiverse to the DC cinematic, uh, you know, movies as well as um, bring Michael Keaton into the fold for not just one movie. Uh, I guess the intention is that Michael Keaton will be kind of this ongoing thread in upcoming DC uh, theatrical movies, kind of like Nick Fury was for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> the, the contract is currently for at least three movies, and there's talk of one of them being a Batman Beyond movie. I think that's great. Yeah. I love it. I think it's great news, you know, and apparently that Michelle Pfeiffer is a, is in talks as well. No. No. <laughs> No. <laughs> we shall see but you know i'm i'm like i said it's all of a sudden i'm very interested in the flashpoint movie yeah, yeah no I'm, absolutely it got me i was like okay because i was not in i like like wayne not in at all and well, uh, now i am and what's really interesting is they're still doing the other batman trilogy and they're saying that those series of movies are just going to be their own standalone and not you know, there's, that's going to be the main Batman movies, but this is the Batman that's going to come and uh, guest star in all the other movies. I gotta be honest, so stupid that, I, that they're not tying those things together. Yeah. I kind of feel, if, if I'm being honest, I feel like this pandemic is a perfect excuse to just cancel that other Batman series. Uh huh. Because <laughs> yeah. I have yeah. significantly I, low interest in that other Batman. Who, movie who wants to see robert pattinson as batman especially every time he opens his mouth he's like i'm not working out if you work out to fit you know to be you know if you're working out just to be batman then you're part of the problem i'm like um what that's what he said <laughs> he, you know they're like are you working out in quarantine to stay fit for the role he's like no he's like if you're working out to be you know for this role you're part of the problem that he that's a direct quote you should look it up i'm not just what does he think the problem is well clearly batman yeah <laughs> regard yeah it's like do you, have you read a batman comic like <laughs> like the, the muscles aren't just part of the suit it's not just padding um, yeah, I, I, I am not excited, despite the fact that, yes, the writer and director of the, the Batman movie um, did that Lord of, uh, not Lord, the Planet of the Apes trilogy that I love. Um, and I was excited when he was hired for the Batman, but every decision since hiring him seems to have been a direct, uh, you know, in the bat, in the wrong direction. Um, so I'm, I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah, I don't think we ever talked about it, Paul. What do you think of the bat symbol on his chest being a gun? I actually like it. Um, I like that because they, they, you know, so it's the gun that killed his parents, apparently, which right. I'm not mad about because they actually did something similar, I, I think, in the uh, in one of those Batman anniversary issues over the last few years that he took that gun and melted it down um, yes. for, for you know, I actually, jewelry. I, no, jewelry. actually, I think it was for the breastplate <laughs> under his bat symbol. Um, so, I, you know, that, that actually does come from the comics. So I'm not mad at that. Now, the fact that it looks like a gun instead of just being melted down seems a, a silly thing. But, you know, I, I, the, the, the idea is right. That's, that idea I'm not mad about. Yeah, I'm, I don't know about this Batman movie. But here's the thing. I wasn't sure about Heath Ledger either. And, you know, everyone points to Heath Ledger as, as like, hey, you know, give it a chance. Well, you know, like Heath well, Ledger. And, he's one in a million, really. Well, and, you know... Uh... It was everyone was out of their minds when Michael Keaton was cast as Batman back in the day. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, Mr. Mom is going to be Batman. But I at least had res I hate to say this. I at least had respect for Michael Keaton's talent back in those days. Yeah. 
You know, I just didn't think that he was a dramatic actor. I just don't have any respect for Robert Pattinson is my problem. Nor do I. And, you know, I, I keep yeah. hearing like, oh, he's done great in these other movies. And I've seen some of those other movies and he's okay. I mean, you know, there's nothing that really blows my mind about Robert Pattinson. And, okay, you know, but I've never seen him in anything where I felt like he brought anything to the role. Yeah. You know, I, I, he, he's never blown me away. Like I used to have big time Leonardo DiCaprio issues. But he has grown into a terrifically versatile actor. Agreed. Uh, but you know, <laughs> when he was, I, I couldn't, I couldn't bear him in Titanic. But of course, I also couldn't bear Titanic. There's that, uh, right? <laughs> but I will say, since Titanic, it feels like he has done everything that he can to not redo Titanic. Well, I feel like, and I'm trying to think of the movie that that really turned the corner for me, and I think it might have been Inception. Um, where I was just like, oh yeah, damn, fuck, you know, yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio, he, he's the shit, you well, know, the departed uh, and, you know, I mean, he's definitely got some range. I like Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, yeah I do now. I, I, there was a, there was a time where I certainly didn't. Uh, and I, that's where I'm at with Robert Pattinson. I just don't, I don't see anything there where he, he brings any gravitas mm-hmm. or range. He just seems to be sort of a one-note actor. Yeah, and Michael Keaton, on the other hand, this is bringing people back into, uh, you know, into the DCEU that had no interest in it, uh-huh. and everyone is like talking you. about this. Like exactly, <laughs> like all the people at work that had no interest in watching any of these movies are talking about it just because Michael Keaton's in it again. Yeah, and his star is at a, a high point right now after Birdman and Spider Man. And he's, and he's doing kind of that same, yeah, he's doing that same role for the Spider-Man yeah. movies. He's, he's working out Robert place. Pattinson. Michael right. Keaton can work right. out. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be in Venom. He's going to be in uh, Morbius. He's in all the Spider-Man yeah. movies as his Vulture character. So he's doing that same cameo thing in Marvel and DC at the same time. I mean, how awesome do you have to be that you're the cameo getting everyone together in two different comic book universes yeah i'm excited about it I, you know i hope that the movie is good <laughs> you know i hope that the movie is befitting michael keaton returning to the role after 30 plus years um or 30 years i guess uh yeah because i think batman returns was like 90 92 um you know I, I really hope that that it's worth his time and i'm you know um as far as the bat the batman the robert pattinson movie you know i'm i'm hopeful but because if it sucks, that that doesn't help anybody. Um, I'm just not. Yeah, really it would be nice to it. be surprised, right? Like, yeah. you know, it was not. Heath Ledger was a great surprise. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it would be nice to have that. I'm I'm rooting for it. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm like, you know, come on, yeah, surprise me. Let's fail. make this good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, I don't, yeah. Exactly. Um, so. Now, speaking of surprises, Aaron Wayne. Sorry. Um, oh, Randall. oh, we're gonna get a surprise, Wayne. Is it a puppy? <laughs> It is not. I think Paulster's going to tell us the news, I think. Yeah. Uh, Is it news about our new puppy? It is not. Sorry. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. Does our puppy teleport like Lockjaw? No. That does not happen. I hate Paul. (laughs) Well, I I don't know that this news is really going to knock your socks off, other than it will be a surprise. Um, Which is that... Maybe you kind of oversold this. You oversold it. First you promise a puppy. (laughs) And now you're telling us you're giving us a great big turd? Yeah. What the yeah. fuck, Paul? That's, that's what yeah, I do. You're giving us the cat, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> what a bastard. <laughs> well, Grace Randolph, um, you know, she Grace Randolph is on Twitter. She is a very connected um, media um, 
person, I guess, YouTube personality as well. She, you know, she breaks she breaks a lot of DCEU news. She's got just really a lot of connections in the industry. She broke the news about the Snyder Cut before it happened, that kind of thing. Um, she has revealed that you know some of the upcoming work that's being done on the Snyder Cut will bring back uh, one of the intended cameos for uh, the original Justice League movie. And that intended cameo is Ryan Reynolds as the Green Lantern will be uh, brought into the Snyder Cut. And they are currently in negotiations to bring Ryan Reynolds back for the Snyder Cut. I don't think it's intended to be a larger thing than that. Um, but apparently that Green Lantern was supposed to be in the Snyder in Justice League. And I think that was widely known already. Um, but now the news is that Ryan Reynolds will be reprising his role. So what you're saying is we've now deteriorated to the Newsarama or CBR level in that we're telling the news from Twitter. Well, yeah, that, <laughs> exactly. That's what we do. <laughs> that, but it is, well, <laughs> yeah. Well, Newsarama doesn't exist, well, so maybe we'll get bought out too. That's right. That's right. Games radar. Um, I, I'm, I'm ready to be yeah. bought. Yeah, we are totally ready to sell out. <laughs> Five bucks. <laughs> Each. <laughs> uh, um, so, I'm, I'm not, can't say I'm too excited about this news, Paul, so where are we at on that puppy? Yeah, I, you know, honestly, oh, the puppy. <laughs> I don't know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued about it. I, it, it makes the me puppy? want, uh, both. <laughs> both the puppy and the Green Lantern news. Okay. I, it just shows they're investing in the film, and I don't know. I mean, I, I would be interested in seeing what Zack Snyder does with Green Lantern. Well, it, it, it's certainly your last opportunity to see Ryan Reynolds as Green Lantern, because, you know, DC yeah. is never going to do that again. Or well, I should say, again, Warner is never going to do that. <laughs> who, knows that? that we'll, who knows that we'll get another Deadpool movie at this point with Disney uh, having purchased all that. So Ryan Reynolds may, if he wants to be in a comic book movie, he may have to hop over to the DC side of the fence. Well, you know, it, Disney's crazy if they don't make another Deadpool movie. Those yeah. movies are great. Yeah. I don't and even they, like Deadpool, and those movies are great. Yeah, and they've said they still plan on making it. Yeah. But and then I, Corona hit. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and I don't even like Deadpool, but I want that, you know, disembodied Deadpool head that's being sold by Marvel Legends. You know, yeah. I, I, I need a talking disembodied head in my in my house because the last one I had is just rotting in the fridge. So <laughs> and it didn't I talk think either. I've set the track record of if it's Ryan Reynolds voice, then I will buy it because I have a detective Pikachu upstairs uh, that has like a button on it where it'll talk in like Pikachu voice. But then you hit the button and it talks in Ryan Reynolds voice. Huh? I feel like you because... revealed something that, uh. You probably shouldn't have. <laughs> no, that movie was awesome, and Ryan Reynolds was incredible in it. I never actually yeah, saw I, it. I, I like Ryan Reynolds. Did, didn't care for Green Lantern, but I, I like Ryan Reynolds, and I think he was great in Deadpool. Yeah, the yeah, best Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern's cameo was uh, at the end of Deadpool 2. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, speaking of Green Lantern, since we're talking about Green Lantern, this week's big new release, that... <coughs> excuse me. The Rona... Um, we, we all paid $9.99 for Green Lantern 80th Anniversary, the 100-page super spectacular that we talked about last week um, that features a cornucopia of talent, including James Tinian IV, Gary Frank, Jeff Johns, Ivan Rice, Cullen Bunn, Doug Mankey, Denny O'Neill, Mike Grell, Ron Mars, Daryl Banks, 
Pete Tomasi, Fernando Passarin, Chris Cross, Charlotte McDuffie, Robert Venditti, Rafa Sandoval, and more. I'm just tired of reading names. Um, not yeah. Yeah, and that alone is news that we were all willing to pay this much for one book. For a Green Lantern book, right? Like, you guys didn't even buy the Joker, or I think you bought the Batman and Superman. Um, but, Correct. You know, for Green Lantern. Uh, but the, these these talents are, are revisiting Green Lanterns that, um, you know, are not the current... Well, I guess the current Green Lantern is Hal Jordan. But you know, Grant Mor- you notice Grant Morrison isn't one of the talents on this book, despite being um, the current writer on the Green Lantern book, which I found interesting. Like, they didn't even well, bring the current a strong guy. choice. Yeah, strong choice. Um, yeah, it's another got, selling point. I, I I feel like there was only one weak thing about this book, and it's the cover. Really, I, I like the I cover. Did, I hate the cover. Why? Everything else, I think, is is one. You know, I don't like the 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 uh, color style on, hmm. on the cover. There is, it's it's maybe a little too digital, um, and it looks too the the way the 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 you, you've got all, you have. Numerous Green Lanterns on the cover. You know, you Guy Gardner, Alan Scott, Hal Jordan, uh, Kyle Rayner. Uh, you know, you you got you know several Green Lanterns here, and it all looks like clip art. And I just I don't like the way the the cover is 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 done, nor the color scheme that's used for the cup cover. Um, I just I, I, it doesn't look it doesn't it looks more like a nineteen eighties ish cover than uh, a, a cover today. And I just I think that there is. Uh, there's better artwork, certainly represented in the book, than is represented on the cover of this book. I think the biggest surprise for me is the main reason I bought this was Ron Mars coming back to Kyle. Mm-hmm. And that was not my favorite story in here. Yeah. Because there are a lot of really strong stories. And that one was just kind of, I don't want to say bland, but it was... Fine. It wasn't... <laughs> yeah, it was fine. It was nothing special about it. Versus some of these... The Alan Scott one was really good just because it was something I'm not used to. I haven't read a uh, Alan Scott story in a long time. Well, and I will say one about uh, the Alan Scott thing. I didn't realize Gary Frank was one of the artists on this book. Maybe he, maybe I missed it in the advertising, but when I turned the page to that first page, I'm like, this looks like Gary Frank art. Like, I skipped over the credits page, and I went to right. the first, and I'm like, oh, is Gary Frank on this book? And then I flip back, I'm like, holy shit. Like, Gary Frank is one of my favorite comic artists. So yeah. I was excited for that. I have to say, Jeff Johns, Hal Jordan story, the uh, the very first one he does, The Last Will, I was I didn't expect to like a Hal Jordan story that much, but I absolutely loved that one. It was all the give at the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, Jeff yeah, Johns yeah. is the best writer on Hal Jordan, for sure. What what's what's interesting to me is that typically on these anthology books, you know, where you get a bunch of different creators together and they all you know are writing short stories essentially. Um, generally, you've got one or two really good standout stories, and then the rest of them are either mediocre or just plain bad. Um, and I will point you to the Batman and Superman uh, 80th anniversary books. Um, and when I say Superman, I mean action comics. Um, the, from beginning to end, this book is quality. I, I don't know. I, I was so surprised because I'm like, okay, well, this next this next story is gonna suck. Nope. <laughs> I, to your earlier point, Wayne, yeah, there are some stories here that are that are just they're good, but they're not great. But that's the lowest point in 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 the anthology is that 
I, I, there's just not a, there's not a bad apple in the bunch. I, I was I was thrilled about how much I enjoyed this book. There is a lot of great pinup art in the book. Uh, I am oh, particularly yeah. taken by the uh, uh, Bruce Tim and Dave Stewart uh, image of of Hal Jordan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, there's just all this great stuff. And you know, this is literally the kind of book that you know, as a kid, I would have. I wouldn't have paid ten dollars for it, but you yeah. know, I, 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 I would have it had would and would have read. <laughs> right, I would have read and reread and read again. I mean, I, this this is one of those kinds of books. This is this is a book that you can revisit. I I I thought this book was terrific. Well, and generally, yeah, it, I'm not a fan of those secret files. Well, I should let me clarify. Nowadays, I skip over a lot of those secret files because they don't really give me any information I don't know. But as a kid, I used to love reading those things. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you make to your point about this is a book I would have reread a lot as a kid. I used to buy those secret files books because they'd have a short story and then they'd have like a description of one of the characters that you read in that story. And I really liked that inclusion here. Well, and let's face it with Green Lanterns. I don't know all these Green Lanterns. There were some of them in the uh, the back in the like the secret files area that I didn't know. So they actually were interesting to kind of see some of them. Uh, I, I really there's a story in here uh, where John Stewart, Hal Jordan, and Kyle Rayner all get together, uh, uh, you know, to to remember a fallen friend. Um, but it's never really you know pegged, said explicitly until the end of the story that you know the friend has fallen. Um, and it, it's in tribute to Guy Gardner. And I really very much enjoyed, uh, this tribute to Guy Gardner. I, you know, he is, he is a character that is at once, you know, infuriating, particularly when he, when he originally came on the scene and replaced Al Jordan. Um, and you know, there were a lot of times where he was, he was a punchline, uh, and there are times where he was the, the, the front and center, you know, hero of the book. Um, I, I really enjoyed this story by Robert Vendetti and uh, you know Rafa Sandoval. I thought I thought it was terrific. I, I I liked that it paid homage to you know a character who is frequently seen in so many different ways, uh, and not the least of which is buffoon. Um, I, I got I, I liked the characterization that you know he he always went in the room looking to get punched in the face because if they were punching him in the face, they weren't punching somebody else in the face. I, I just I, I really enjoyed this story. Yeah, that one surprised me because I hate Guy Gardner, but I really yeah. enjoyed that story. Yeah. Uh, one of the other ones that uh, stood out to me was the Denny O'Neill Green yes. Arrow Green Lantern story. Man, and I, yeah, I right, right between the eyes, right? I mean, you know, <laughs> given that, that Denny O'Neill died last week. Yeah, I mean, going back to that era and just the everything with Clock King on there. Uh huh. And, uh, you know, how he didn't mean to drop the child, but that he put a child in danger and just how angry that makes Green Arrow. And just that era, I remember reading some of those comics of the two of them together in that era. Yeah. And the traveling heroes. Yeah, it brought back a lot of memories. Well, and I enjoyed seeing the Mike Grell art on it, too. I, I'm, I'm a big Mike Grell fan and, and uh, you know, really enjoyed seeing uh, him him returned to those two characters that you know his and Denny O'Neill's run in the characters were you know iconic so uh, it, it was great to see that yeah I love the Jessica Cruz story I'm a big fan of her as a Green Lantern uh, I think my the funniest one for me though was the Hal Jordan story the uh, you know the Jeff Johns one mm-hmm. 
I just really got a kick out of that one. I'm reading it, and it, at first it just didn't hit me, and then they do their big reveal, and suddenly that became my favorite story in the whole book. Yeah, yeah I even enjoyed the Sinistro story. Yeah, me too. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I th- there was a lot here to like, I, you know, and, and if you're sitting on the fence on this. Uh, I do recommend it. it. It is a good read from beginning to end. It's the kind of book that you can jump in not knowing much about the Green Lanterns because they're yeah. going to tell you what you need to know. There was no story I hated. There were, you know, there were a few that I didn't think were particularly good. I didn't enjoy the John Stewart story, but I didn't hate it. Yeah, I mean, I think there was there needed more. That one needed a little bit more meat on the bone. Um, but in the end, it, it, it is. It is hard to say that any book is worth ten dollars, but I feel like right. I, I am not mad that I paid that I paid for this book no. um, when it was no, yeah, no. and because I enjoyed it uh, cover to cover. You know, so like we said, some stories less than others, but um, all beautifully drawn, uh, great pinup art. You know that that Bruce Tim thing. If if you know Mondo wants to get on that and make a print of it, I, I will be happy to purchase that and put it up in my <laughs> office because it is it is yeah. beautiful. I got well, enough surprises from this book that for me it was worth the money I paid on it. And the surprises sometimes they were in the story, sometimes they were just that the story was as good as it was. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, the Guy Gardner one. I hate Guy, but I like that story. There's only one way this this book could have been better, and is if it if it would have shown us Catman as a Green Lantern. That's the only <laughs> way this book could have been better. I mean, that maybe, would have improved it. Maybe for the 90th anniversary, Aaron. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me let me talk about a book that was half the cover price of of uh, the Green Lantern 80th anniversary that I didn't even enjoy half as much as the Green Lantern 80th yeah. anniversary. Yeah. Um, Avengers Empire. Avengers. Uh, well, I guess it's Empire issue zero, focusing on Avengers, and I think there's a Fantastic Four um, equivalent that I. I don't know if it's out already or if it's coming out. Um, these are prequels. it's not out. Yet. Oh, okay, um, these are prequels to the big Empire event that's coming out from Marvel. This one's written by Al Ewing with art by Pepe Larraz. And the one good thing I can say about this book is that the Pepe Larraz art and the Jim Chung cover are gorgeous. Everything about this yeah, book, I had, other than that, I hated. I had really, I had really high expectations coming into this because the previous Empire book that I had read, I loved. It was incredible. So I came into this thinking this is going to be just as good. And I didn't I don't think I had as strong of a hatred as you did of it, Paul, but I didn't enjoy it. Well, the problem with me is that the narration by Tony Stark is so beat you over the head with the messaging and so outside of Tony Stark. Because basically Tony Stark just complains about technology the entire time and how wonderful it is to be one in the forest and crap like that. And I'm like this is just stupid. And it just totally took me out from page one to page 31. Um, I hated it. I, I genuinely, uh, if you took the words out of this book, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. It was the really the narration, which runs throughout the book, that I took issue with. Um, I also struggled a little bit with it from a conceptual level, because it's it's Empire Issue Zero. Like, normally for me, I probably wouldn't have picked up a crossover until Empire Issue One. To me... This kind of feels like we're in the story. Like the Avengers are on the dark side of the moon, or the, what? What is it called? The the blue the blue area the blue, blue area, area of the moon, and the Fantastic Four are heading their way with you know the the you know the the scroll or the Kree or whatever. Like it feels like like we're already knee deep in the story, and Empire Number One hasn't even come out. So I feel like if I had just started with Empire Number One, I'd probably be lost. 
Um, so it, it, it's just an odd story. For me, it was just kind of odd all the way around, and it just didn't resonate yeah. with me. I don't like the uh, this version of Ghost Rider in the Avengers, uh, particularly because when you think Ghost Rider, you think vehicle, and he's yeah. not going to have his car on the moon. He could. Oh, or will he? <laughs> well, because isn't in the Avengers book from Jason Aaron, isn't... No, that was Thor that um, Moon Knight took out on the moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... And no, I do want to preface this by saying I love Swordsman. So, seeing him in the book, I was like, oh, Swordsman, I haven't seen him in a while. But I just... The material just didn't resonate with me. Yeah, the I, only uh, thing I can look at in this book and say I genuinely liked was the last page. So, Aaron, you've been awfully quiet. Um, did you like this book? I I, uh, I hated this book. Oh, okay. uh, for, a, for a number of reasons. Um, and not the least of which is, you know, it starts out with the... And keep in mind, with the exception of the latest, you know, Moon Knight beats up the Avengers story, uh, I've not been reading the Avengers. Um, so seeing the Avengers living in the uh, rotting corpse of a celestial um, seems a bit off brand to me. Uh, you know, they, they call it Avengers mountain, but they're living in, in the dead body of a space God. And yeah. while I think that plays pitch perfect in guardians of the galaxy, which is where that whole idea came from, uh, you know, the, the, the area called nowhere, K-N-O-W, where, uh, where they live in a disembodied celestial head, uh, you know, a giant space god, the Avengers are doing this, you know, in their Avengers mountain. And I'm sorry, that is off-brand. You know, I'm sorry, the Avengers, they live in a mansion, you know, and they've got all their secret headquarters is in the basement of their mansion. Um, I, I, I gotta tell you, I, this is a line too far. I, 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 I know, thank you. Um, I, I, I absolutely hated that. I also hate the composition of this team largely because Ghost Rider has no business being on this team. Not because I don't think a Ghost Rider could be there, but this Ghost Rider is, he's just a tourist. You know, I, I, I got so irritated with, with Ghost Rider on this team. Everybody else is fully competent. Uh, you know, you and, and, and I will say, I think they're a little power heavy. You've got uh, Captain Marvel, Captain America, uh, Black Panther, uh, and they call her Hulk here, and I know that that's a whole thing. Uh, but, you know, we would call her She-Hulk or Jennifer Walters. Um, it, se- it seems a bit strong heavy when you need somebody, you know, more like a Scarlet Witch, who also is really powerful. But, you know, uh, it, it seems that, uh, you know, a Black Widow, um, a Beast, I, I just, the, the power levels yep. seem really rigidly skewed. Um, to physical strength. And I, I think you don't have enough other elements on this team. And I got to tell you, the whole time I was reading this book, you know, it's it's hearkening back to the Kree scroll war, right? And you know, the, the foundations of, of how that all got started back in the day. And it, it, it instead of telling new story, it feels very much, this feels less like a sequel and more like a, hey, that thing we did back in the 70s, wasn't that cool? That's what this story felt like to me. You know, yeah. it didn't feel like it brought anything on its own. And, you know, what part of the nuance of the Kree Scroll War is that they never build it as a great big crossover back in those days. It was just something that was happening 
in the various issues of the Marvel Universe. And it kind of came together as a big event once they kind of realized what they were doing, you know. Um, and this, to to kick it off without much foundation being laid, you know, we're going to kick it off in an issue zero because that's what we do. Um, I, I, I really hated this book. It, it missed... It missed the nuance of the way those earlier stories were told and instead, you know, just gives you an issue zero that to Paul's point feels more like an issue one. Yeah. Well, and I think you read the other uh, issue zero that came before the Kree scroll war one. Mm-hmm. And what what was your opinion on that one? Because I thought that one did an incredible job of building it up and it got me excited for Empire. I don't think I read that one. Oh, I thought you did. That was I don't the. Think I did. The one with the uh, Skrull family that was living in secret. Oh, yes, I did. Thank you. Yes, I did read that. That was terrific. And yes, you're right. It, it, that that was a much better Zero issue than this one. Yeah, no, I don't. Like, absolutely- I definitely don't like Avengers Mountain either. And they talk about how it, it was gifted to them. Why do you accept the gift of a dead Celestial? Of a corpse. Yeah. You, and, accept a gift. you know what you do with a corpse? You bury it. Yeah, and apparently its brain is still in there. Yeah, that's gross. And I'm sorry, the Avengers are the, the, the Avengers are heroes. The Avengers are upright. The, the Avengers are iconic. They would just the image of living in something dead is not is is not on brand for the Avengers. It's wrong. I mean, it makes you go, are we in an alternate universe? Is this not the 616? I, I have fundamental issues with that. And it, it, it tells me that there's something stinking at the core of the current Avengers team, despite the fact that, you know, you will have Captain America's there, Thor's there, Black Panther's there. These are all people that we know are good people. But is there something fundamentally wrong with these guys that they live in a corpse? I think so. I, mean, I think that's a question. There's a legitimate question that a reader has to ask. Why are you living in a corpse? So. I, I really strongly dislike this book. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I, I have say, been after so excited book, for Empire. Yeah, I'm sorry, Wayne. I didn't mean to cut you off there. Yeah. Um, I'm out on Empire. Uh, yeah, this, yeah. If because I, I I don't I don't know if Empire is written by Al Ewing, and you know Al Ewing I can take or leave. I'm going to be honest. Um, you know some of the stuff I like, some of his stuff is like meh. So, uh, but it, it, if this is what we're in for with Empire. And uh, you know, this is the quality of storytelling I can expect from Empire. I'm, yeah, I'm not interested. Yeah. Well, and I, I'll pick up the Fantastic Four Zero issue because so far it's one successful zero, one failure zero. We'll see <laughs> how that one looks as the tiebreaker on whether I'm in for Empire number one or not. But it does look like we're setting up the typical superhero versus superhero fight. Exactly. Well, and a typical Avengers versus Fantastic Four, right? So yeah, yeah I. Blech. Yeah. Oh, so. well. Hey, Paul. Yes, sir. What's coming out next week? Nothing. Um, so, uh, <laughs> not know, a damn not thing. Not a damn thing. Yeah, next week is uh, next comic book release day is July first, which is you know it, it's it's essentially kind of like a, a fifth week um, in, in a month. In in that uh, there is nothing coming out. Uh, nothing. Nothing major from any of the big two. Um, you know, just some minor books from some of the other publishers. Uh, and it, you know, it's a it's a holiday weekend following, so very slow week in comics next week. All right, well, way to bring us down. Okay, uh, last time, Paul, what's the update on the puppy situation? Oh, he's on his way. We'll we'll, we'll talk okay. about him next week instead of comics. Okay. All right. Whew. Good deal. <laughs> that, that'll be acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Paul, uh, Wayne and I are going to timeshare the puppy. Yeah, okay. Good luck with that. <laughs> I, I think it needs to start. I think it needs to start with me, Aaron, because your state is kind of overwhelmed with Corona right now. Oh, the Rona. And we care. We care about the puppy's health. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, all right, guys. Thanks uh, for bringing me down again, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but I get a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> well, hit us up on our social media accounts, IOM Geek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And if you have any thoughts about Michael Keaton, Ryan Reynolds, Green Lantern, Empire, or whatever, you can give us a call on the IOM Geek hotline. 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness Surprise. Yes. Call and tell us what breed of puppy Paul should get us. Well, yeah, get right on mm. And names for our puppy. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye, guys. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. Mm-hmm.